So I was thinking about... <laughs> I have a question for you. Does lightning do depth first search or breadth first search? Neither. The thing they told me in elementary school or like middle school was that lightning comes like the connection is mm-hmm. made ground to the sky and they meet in the middle and then like once that is once the path is like figured out it like the first bit like reduces the what's it called resistance okay of the arrow around it and then the the rest of the static charge will flow through that ah that was what they told me in middle school but i don't know if that's actually true because they lie a lot <laughs> Your blood's blue, too, when it's in your veins. My fifth grade science teacher mm-hmm. uh, tried to... He was like, first of all, this was not the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, I, I remember gravity works by... They say gravity works by uh, bending, bending something or other. And uh, like like a bowling ball does on a trampoline. But the issue with that is that there's nothing there to bend. Uh, and we're, and our, our fifth grade selves are like, yeah, super smart, arguing with those scientists. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, there is something there in the... We have a lot of data. To get. I'm upset. Yeah. Why? Um, because I was thinking it can't be breadth first, right? Because it goes to, I guess it could be breadth first. It's hard to say, but it's not depth first for sure because it always goes to the nearest point and depth first. It would like sometimes hit a valley or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was thinking maybe it's like an A star search. Yeah, that, that was my first thought. But that means that at every point that the, the lightning path could go, it has to have some way of determining which way gets it closer to the ground. Yeah, it needs a heuristic. So it needs, there needs to be an intrinsic lightning, an, like an intrinsic field all around us that says where the, the ground is. Okay, so how could we, so let's assume for a second that middle school was correct. So how could this work? It would be... Okay, well, magnets are a thing, so they can go towards each other. Right. There and actually is an intrinsic field there. And you've got... The... There's... What is there? Gravity, electromagnetism. Yeah, also gravity is an intrinsic field that tells us where the ground is. Right. But doesn't affect electrons that much, I think. Correct. And it also wouldn't really... Like, it wouldn't tell you where the nearest hill is. It would just tell you where the center of the Earth is. Or the center of the Earth's mass. 
what the thing is it's not technically like the shortest path right it's the path with the least resistance to the ground which tends right. to be the higher one but also if there's a lightning rod in a valley that might get hit sometimes mm-hmm So, how could that work? Okay. You mentioning lightning rods makes me remember that we we did talk about this a little bit in my physics class. Um, and we talked about when they were, like, making lightning rods. Somebody was like, what if instead of just having it come to a spike, we, like, put a big ball at the end? And somebody else was like, that's ludicrous. Um, having the big ball at the end is going to make it not work. You need to have it be a spike. Um and they like you know fought over it for however long and um <laughs> experiment jesus christ <laughs> and so then if you like literally do the freshman level physics problem of uh like you're you're at cloud level mm-hmm. and you're looking at a ball or you're looking at a spike they they look the same they look exactly the same <laughs> so that there's something in that of like the electrical force like yeah like the force of two electrons or an electron and a proton being attracted to each other magnet no i don't know i think it's just electrical force I'm willing to say that's correct. God, I paid so much money for this degree. <laughs> oh, it's not a physics God. degree. You're right, but like, <laughs> I paid a lot of money for those physics classes too. Well, okay. So here's the thing, Zach. Uh huh. Could you Google it? You know enough yes. about it to Google it. Right. Which is definitely good enough. <laughs> And actually, probably the mentality I had when I was learning the physics as well. I was like, mm, when am I going to need this and not be able to Google it? And the answer is when I'm doing uh, trivia. Well, yeah. So the thing is, I not the thing is, but uh, here's an anecdote. I So a lot of the security class, my computer security class, is like, it's very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a tra- directory traversal attack that will occur in certain situations. Uh, if you have a server running on Java um, and you say like, It doesn't really matter, but like there's user input and you're getting a file on the server from that, which is a bad idea. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do that if you secure it right. But it's hard to secure it right because like there's all these different cases and they're all all and like of the hundred ways to do this, there's one that's secure. Okay. And like one of the like one of the ones that it, one of the ways to do that is 
so similar except it, there's a single character that's different and it's uh missing the slash at the end of the like okay file directory like you say if if the file's in this directory it's all good but if you don't put the slash at the end then it's exploitable <laughs> And Why would you ever write anything in Java? <laughs> that's a, another good question. But like, th- we were we were taking a quiz, and there was a quiz question about that, and it, it basically said, "Is this secure? If yes, why? If no, why not?" And we were talking. My like little group was talking about it after we took it, and we're like, "Listen, bud, I didn't memorize the Java doc." I don't know. Yeah. If I can Google it, I don't need to know it. Yeah. And that's not entirely true, but like. If it's something uh, that's relevant enough to the thing that I'm doing, either I will Google it or I will have Googled it enough times. Exactly. I felt that way about um, like our data structures and algorithms class we did in Java. And there was a lot of like. Oh, when you make an abstract queue, how is this the count implemented? And you're like, I don't, there's only one thing you have to do for abstract queue, and it's the iterator, so probably just iterate through the whole thing. But like, one, two, three, four. (laughs) I didn't memorize it. I just know that all you need to do for an abstract queue is use the iterator. I know the term abstract queue, and that's good enough. Anyway, uh, what were you saying about electrical force? So, like, uh, if, I don't know, I guess it's kind of the same problem as gravity, though, of, like, if the whole Earth is just one big ground, one big repository where you can throw all of your electrons into. Right. Wouldn't any point on the Earth look equally as tantalizing to get there? It's a matter of resistance, right? It's gonna fi- the lightning wants the re- least resistance from the cloud to the ground. How does it know, though? How does the electron know which path has the least resistance? <laughs> and. Ask a physicist. I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I wish. Hmm. Hmm. Is it okay? Wait, I'm remembering more things. Um, okay, but this happens in circuits too. Like how? How does it know? I like, think this part of it is that it's. It's not one electron going from the very beginning of the destination to the very end. The one electron right. like oh, starts yeah. a chain reaction through the system. Right. And so at each point, each electron is just looking for the nearest molecule that has the lower resistance. I think. Because the air is just atoms. Well, because then you get hill climbing problems. Right? Like, if I have mm-hmm. one that's... Okay, let's say there's two paths, so let's just make it easy. Let me think about this. 
I, if I had any, I do have paper. But it's not going to help you. But I. Okay, but also that like lightning branches. There's like the one big one that goes to the ground, but there's a bunch of branches that go off, and that would kind of that that's weird. Explain the hill climbing problem, of like it goes and then like more power runs through. It's like an ants thing as well. Ah, electrons are ants. Electrons are ants. That makes sense. It it would make sense if they could communicate, but they can't. They can't. They can't. <laughs> How does that happen? But like, yeah, if it's if it's one and ninety nine resistance, right? Uh huh. And then it goes down the one path, and then there's like, let's say nine, let's say like a hundred after that, then it's stuck, or it, that's just another branch. Or is there another electron that's going through? Because there's no way that lightning is just a single electron doing this whole thing. Right. But it's it's pushing the one with the least resistance. So we can... Ju- abs- can we abstract out the, like... It, hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Imagine it... Okay, imagine it like a liquid, right? Okay. So, let's say, uh, imagine that there are, like, tunnels, right? And there's one tunnel that will get the liquid to the out. Okay. And the liquid is running horizontally because there's pressure on the my left side, your right side of mm-hmm. the liquid. And it's trying to get to the other side. Right. And so there's a bunch of branches, but there's one good one. Okay. And some of these branches have like big openings that are very tantalizing for the water to go in. And it will go in there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But eventually those will close up. Like they'll get smaller and eventually they will not be a way out. Right, because it'll be too full of water then. Right. For the rest of the water to go in. So the water will, by just like filling all those gaps, figure out how the rest of the water can get through. Because those, so if you, now if we talk about electrons, we have a flow of electrons, right? Mm hmm. Because that's all negatively charged. Mm hmm. So, the electrons will go in, will start pushing on those, uh, the electrons in the air. And some of them will move because they have a smaller resistance. But eventually, if there's a higher resistance at the end of that chain, then that'll, uh, what's that called? Like, recurse back up by, Mm -hmm. like, the same way the water does because it... It's harder to push. Right. So that the source, the pressure, just being negatively charged will keep pushing and it will eventually find the 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 path of least resistance just by like 
trying all the possibilities. So I guess in that way, it is... Um, it is depth first. Yes, it's depth first. Or like shortest path first, maybe. Uh, yeah, what's that? What's that called? I guess it. I guess it's a star, but it's the heuristic is just the least resistance. Okay, now I'm gonna Google how does lightning find the ground and see if we're. Physics Stack Exchange, how does lightning know where to go? (sighs) The air first between... So first the air between the cloud and the ground becomes ionized... That doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, no, no. That does mean something to me. I was right. I'm totally right. Yeah. Yes. For once you learned something in elementary school. Yes. Something real. Okay, but no. Because the lightning doesn't come from the ground and the... Like, it doesn't meet in the middle. No. No, middle school is definitely wrong. It makes a path, and then it it goes through that path. I used my computer science degree for something. Hell yeah. Corresponding streamers are formed by conductors and high points on the ground with a positive charge. Okay. High points that are also grounded have higher fields than the ground and can form streamers. That's a lot of terminology right there. A streamer is a path for the electrons to flow downwards. Do they even have a Twitch account, though? (laughs) Oh, okay. There is something about upward streamers here. Oh, no. God, okay, give me a second. I need to read this whole freaking Wikipedia article. <laughs> I thought that was a carton of eggs for a second. I was very confused. <laughs> the presence of opposite charges on the ground enhances the strength of the electric field. Contactless delivery. This is not necessarily for you, but for... Uh, my my pre-show peeps, Jared's. Mm-hmm. Um, contactless delivery is something we should have had before COVID-19. It's fantastic. Do they just like ring your doorbell and run away? It's like ding dong ditch, but you also get a pizza? Exactly. <laughs> it's so good. I don't have to talk to anyone. The electric 
field is strongest on grounded objects whose tops are closest to the base. Okay, so it's something about the electric field. I got that much. If the field is strong enough, a positively charged ionic channel, called a positive upward streamer, can be developed from this points, point, these points. Once a channel of ionized air is established between the cloud and ground. Okay, so first it makes a channel of ionized air with the upward and downward streamers. Once that channel of ionized air is established, then that's the path of least resistance and more current can propagate from the earth. From the earth to the leader into the cloud. From the- This is the return stroke. Uh, yeah, that makes sense because it has to like it's like po- it's like it's positive charge going into the cloud because it's negatively ah. charged. It's like drawing it in. Is that how? Oh wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. That might just be a semantics thing because, like, from what I remember, positive and negative charge are like entirely arbitrary. Right. So, like, I imagine flow is similar. Not that it's arbitrary in that, like, it can go both directions. But that, like, the naming is arbitrary. Yes. This becomes a path of least resistance and allows for a much greater current. Because a current is a flow of electrons, and electrons Mm. are negative. Mm, What? I don't understand what's happening here. A current from the Earth back up into the cloud. Positrons. They're positrons. It's uh, the flow of positrons. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, okay. No, no, that makes sense. Zach, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say it like it makes sense. <laughs> When the electric field becomes strong enough, an electrical discharge occurs within clouds or between clouds and the ground. During the strike, successive portions of air become a conductive discharge channel as the electrons and positive ions of air molecules are pulled away from each other and forced to flow in opposite directions. What? the electric field becomes strong enough an electrical discharge okay wait why does this say the most luminous and noticeable part of the lightning discharge is the return stroke and then it says discharge and then it says the discharge is the bolt of lightning those are right i think those mean I don't know enough about physics to tell you whether that makes sense or not. 
let's text Gray and just be like, hey, physics teacher. Yeah. What's up? What does this mean? Oh, okay, wait. Here's a YouTube video with a high-speed camera of... (laughs) Zach, your face. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Well, send me the Um, link. And it very much supports... Uh, water water pipe theory. That seems a little half baked, Zach. <laughs> yes, this is very much. Yeah, that's water. That's exactly how water would do it. Oh, it stays for so long, and like it gets stronger. So that must be the the return flow. So I wonder if it like goes it ping pongs back and forth a couple times okay i feel slightly better about this hey zach hey liz uh have you just curious mm-hmm. zach have you had any experience running away from the covid zombies um no, uh, I've been hearing about them on the news, uh, Fox News, of uh-huh. course. Uh, I don't look at my news from anywhere else, uh, but I'm hearing that the libs turn into zombies oh. when they get infected with COVID. Huh. So, yeah, have you any had any experience with I that? I listen to NPR, and they've been saying um, that it's actually only um, the ultra left who turn into zombies. Oh. Everybody else is fine. Um, okay. But yeah, no. Uh, Milwaukee actually, as as everyone knows, is um, basically devoid of anybody um, on the far left, and so uh, mm, we have okay. not had any zombie problems. Um, that, that's good. But because, like, uh, presumably, you would only need like five COVID zombies to infect everyone who voted. <laughs> There is currently a meeting happening, or like in two minutes, there will be a meeting happening uh, to discuss every problem that there was with all of the voting in my city, um, because there were a lot. My friend was on the news because he was juggling, standing in line, because it took three hours. Um, Don't be creepy. At this point... Be creepy. I need a friend. (laughs) But presumably because you've had to stay inside because zombies are wandering around outside. Mm -hmm. uh, What have you been up to? Uh, You know, the usual. Just uh, Minecraft. (laughs) Do you have any uh, hot tips for us? Uh, Any Minecraft tips for Um, our end times? You know, sometimes Minecraft can get a little boring, and so um, if you need to do something to, like, keep your brain engaged while you're playing, um, you might have, uh, like, already kind of paid in to, like, a subscription for a a weekly lecture series or something like that, Um, and so you can just tune tune into that and play the the weekly lecture series um, in the background while you play Minecraft. Would the payment happen to be called tuition? (laughs) This is a very bad idea. Please do not do it. It's a terrible idea. 
Okay, so don't play Minecraft while listening to lecture. Is that your first hot tip? That is my very first hot tip. Don't play Minecraft while listening to lecture. Do your best to pay attention to lecture. If you can't pay attention to lecture... Don't um, pay attention at all and just play Minecraft. Don't do that either. Um, But, like, try. Keep keep trying. It's just a matter of willpower. Everybody knows you can solve every problem through willpower. Just sit down at your computer where you've been for the last 30 days um, and just sit there and, you know, think about the lecture that's happening in front of you and not all of the other things that are also in the exact same context. You can watch... um, the the video on how to optimize misery i'm going to find the actual title so i don't don't sound like a cgp gray big uh, fan maximize seven um you can watch seven ways to maximize misery by cgp gray um every day and just kind of take those to heart that just um, makes me sad because i can't avoid some of those things yeah you can take take his advice and uh, live in one room and get pizza delivered. And <laughs> Domino's is a, is a godsend. Yeah. I, I've been trying a little more to like make some days feel special to separate things to be like, okay, Thursday, we're doing tacos. We're doing tacos on mm. Thursday. And that means like on Tuesday, I can already be like, okay, Thursday's just in two days. And then there's tacos. That's taco Thursday. Um, or like I had brunch today for Easter. I went out to, to my local charcuterie store and got some brunch. Um, I, I like they handed me the brunch and I put it in my bag and then I biked back home and ate the brunch. I didn't like go there and be like, hey, let's have some brunch in this uh, location. Mm-hmm. Bad plan. Um, I, so that, that was a thing I've been looking forward to It's like, okay, this Sunday I get to go out and pick up that brunch that I ordered and that'll be fun. Um, so that has been very enjoyable. Um, remember to go on walks and just like keep on top of your, your task lists because, they're very hard to make um, any sort of real. And so just do your best. Those are my tips. (laughs) Please tell me you have some different tips because these are the only ones I've been trying and um, they don't work. This is super difficult. Like for me, the self-isolation, like I can do it and it's fine. And I, it, it is important for me to do it. Mm-hmm. but I am finding it more and more difficult by the day just like because I would really really like to go to the library to do my homework because it I spend a lot of time in my bedroom mm-hmm. and like I'm running out of contexts that are like actually separate so something that's been really helping me is remembering that remembering the reason i'm doing this which is like i am doing this hard thing because i want people to be safe okay 
it kind of like feeds into my ego, right? Okay. Yeah. I so, I, I can see that. And like I it, it makes me feel a bit better about the whole thing. Like I'm doing this like self-sacrificing thing. Also just um doing fun and weird things with your roommates that you may or may not have has been helping me. Okay. Like, um, I thought it would be really funny if a tape measure went the other way. Like, you know how they retract? Mm-hmm. What if it, like, went the other way? Okay. That would, like, that entertained me for a second. So I was like, hey, Jared, want to help me with this? And he was like, yeah, I'll help you with that. So we made the tape measure go the other way. Was it as funny as you thought? Yeah, actually. It was really entertaining. <laughs> Good. And like it took a it took like took an hour. So like that was a an hour we killed and we had a good time and uh-huh. it probably wouldn't be something we did otherwise because we've been stuck in the apartment for so long. Right. Part of the trouble I've been having is like reminding myself that at some point the school has to end. In in a larger sense that like at some point I'm going to graduate. And so I just need to get to that point and that's all. And in the other sense of like day to day saying, okay, I need to, I need to focus on school while I'm focusing on school. And then at, I need to be done with it when I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. And that gets very difficult um, because there's, there's no signifier. There's no like, oh, okay, it's 5 PM. Let's go home. And then home is home and not school. Home is school. School is home. School is work. Home is work. Baba is you. You know? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Something I've been doing, I'm not sure if this is going to work for everyone, and I'm not even sure if it's working for me. Uh, we'll see if I... Uh, it, uh, I'll follow up. Um, I'll follow down right now to see if this is actually working. But uh, just kind of like doing the thing I want to be doing in that moment... And I don't know if that's going to be working because, like, it is very much like the lightning where, okay, I'm going to draw an analogy that does not need to be drawn. Okay. I love those. (laughs) So, the path of least resistance for me and my brain, like, the thing that will make me happiest, like, let's say that I wake up in the morning and I just want to play Minecraft. Okay. So despite knowing that there are things in my to-do list that could be done, I play Minecraft. The idea is that eventually my anxiety will increase the resistance to playing Minecraft. Okay. This is something that we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think of like at some point. Yeah. At some point you're, you're fighting like is Minecraft as fun as oh yeah school right. is scary you're totally right I didn't realize that but yeah so I I get that I don't know if <laughs> leveraging your anxiety as a tool would be uh I, something I recommended in an optimal situation but this situation is non-optimal so just fucking cope however you can. 
Uh, so yeah, we're gonna see how that goes. Let's see if yeah. it. See what happens. So there are those COVID zombies, right? Right. And they're out and about in the world. Mm-hmm. And you got to be worried about them. Um, I am. But like, there are books about that, right? We've read books on, on what to do when the zombies come. Um, you have, definitely. <laughs> I have flipped through like one of them and it was like, here's a, a gear and pulley system that you could use. And I was like, that sounds very complicated and not practical. And they were like, do you want to use this gear and pulley system? And I was like, well, that sounds interesting, I guess. But um, you got to entertain yourself somehow, Zach. I suppose. Yeah. Survival isn't all it's cracked up to be. So I, there there are a couple DIY tips that I've been seeing on on how to combat the zombies, um, perhaps, or like how to, how to fashion tools to combat the zombies. And one of those is um, to make masks. Mm. Um, and there's, there's a couple different ways that they recommend you might want to do it. Um, there's one like super fancy way if you want to sew your own mask um, that you can like put your own filter in it. Hmm. Um, and it's designed to be like easy and washable. And um, it just assumes that you have fabric and elastic and wire and uh, a filter lying around, which is not true. Also a sewing machine, but like some people all of do have those assume things. That. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, and so that one's real, real cool. And also made for all the different sizes of face that you might have. Um, whereas the one from the CDC is just like everybody's face is going to be um, whatever, half of an eight and a half by 11 sheet. So just you fit your face at face in that. Good luck. <laughs> um, there's one from the Freightert uh, Medical College, hmm. which is kind of kind of in my area. Um, so I saw that one and I was like, that looks good. And then it was 10 p.m. And um, my partner was doing most of the work on that because I don't know um, how to sew... Not that I don't know how to sew at all, but I don't know how to sew and not make it take a whole day. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm in a similar boat. <laughs> um, so I guess my advice to you is make your mask before you need it. Because when, ah. then when you need the mask, you'll have it. Um, and also maybe potentially learn how to sew because it's a, a useful skill. Yeah. No, I actually bought a sewing kit recently to learn how to sew apparently uh plenty of other schools that weren't our school had like um had times when they got educated on like here's how you sew things here's how you make a pillowcase here's how you i don't know balance a checkbook maybe and Mm. that was not a thing that was offered to us that sounds fake can you give us like an audio overview of how you made your mask no okay because i mostly uh cut the fabric all right and i made made that was my role you made a mask sort of um i did the cdc thing Mm -hmm. uh where i took a bandana 
and I folded it in the special way and then put rubber bands on it and then put that around my ears. Okay. And it worked reasonably well. It was mm-hmm. my, it was pretty comfortable, honestly. Um, and so far, uh, I had go I went grocery shopping, and I am asymptomatic. So I am at least asymptomatic. I'm, we'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that masks will stick around after, like, the pandemic is more or less over? I'm going to probably hang on to mine or get like a a professionally made one that's washable mm-hmm. personally. I don't know. I think it depends on how much they see use now. I'll flesh that out in a second. Give me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think that whatever it is, so there's going to be a percentage drop off. Right. So if a hundred people are, are using masks in your city now, maybe 10 people will keep on using masks and thinking about masks. Um, once the, the pandemic is over, I think it makes a lot of sense to normalize mask wearing. Um, so I, my hope is that there are more people who start it now who carry it on into the future because not everyone who starts now will. Are you going to? Yes. All right. Nice. I imagine that it's going to become capitalized. And by that, I mean like fashion brands are going to make masks. Mm Mm-hmm. So, if that happens, I imagine, like, the percent drop-off will be less because we can make pretty masks and ones that, like, complement your outfit and whatnot. I'm trying to find if there are any. Billie Eilish Eilish Gucci face mask. Hmm... So I think that that already is happening a little bit in countries where mask wearing is normalized. So that's a uh, probably a pretty good prediction. All right, cool. I think it's a good idea, generally, because like, except for my iPhone wants my face to unlock it. That's going to have to change because it's a pain in the ass to type in my password Mm -hmm. have you seen the companies or the i think there's just one company that makes a face id compatible mask you send them a picture picture of your your chin And, like, the thing that Apple's looking for movement in is your eyes. Right, right. And those will still be open. (laughs) I just, like, I'm just imagining you, like, talking to someone, but your mouth isn't moving because, like, ventriloquism is just going to, like, go through the roof. (laughs) 
speaking of of predictions um that are very much based in this moment um I just remembered that I saw yesterday an advertisement for something called Bali. I'm going to look up how to spell it. B-A-L-L-I-E, which is something that Samsung debuted at CES. And it's one of those little, like, it's your own little friendly robot. Mm -hmm. And the idea is it can, like tell that something spilled on the floor and and not do anything about it because it's well (laughs) well it can tell your samsung vacuum oh to but i i have detected that there i just like it reminds me of the grocery store robots that like just go around the aisles like Hey, hey, dum dum! There's a spill <laughs> on aisle three. It's designed to be a companion. A companion. A trio of servo. Ooh, what are the other ones? Oh, they made a trash can looking boy. So yeah, I wanted to get your get your take on it, and like something about it feels off. But I wanted to know what you think is the the off thing. First, I want you to look at this particular image. Okay. Oh, come on. Just... Here we go. I'm just going to see if Slack can figure it out. Nope. Nope, there it yeah. is. What's wrong with this boat, Hozak? Why would she... Oh, it's to it's for her form. So she can make sure her form is good. But she can't see it. Well, because she's too busy smiling at Bali right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bali makes her very happy when she's doing yoga. Right. There's just... Okay. What? (laughs) Can you give me, like, a breakdown of what... So what does Bali do? I... As far as I can tell, it can identify things and move around. Mm Mm-hmm. It can cast things to your TV sideways. Yes, it can take weird portrait photos. <laughs> part, part of um, the, the video ad is that they have a dog at home. And like, what if your dog is bored at home all day? And instead of the thing you would expect, which Play is... with the ball. It's, it's a ball. And the, the ball runs around and the dog catches it. And you just make a durable ball. Uh-huh. It shows the dog a video of other dogs. And there are some problems with that. Number one, dogs don't, like, dogs' eyes don't work the way that human eye televisions work. You would have to make a dog television for that to work. (laughs) Uh, Also, maybe, I don't know, but probably if I was a dog, I don't know how much I would enjoy just seeing other dogs run around in the grass from, like, the top down. It would probably confuse me. Okay, first of all, I I have some things to add to that situation as well. This ball is tennis ball color and shape. (laughs) Your dog has already been Pavloved into eating this robot. Definitely. Second, like dogs will be afraid of this robot it's 
it's not itself a vacuum, but it is in charge of the vacuum. And I think your dog would be able to sense that. <laughs> By that logic, your dog would also not like you. I Right. Um, and probably when I'm holding a vacuum, they don't. Fair. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, what feels wrong about this robot, Zach? It, it doesn't do anything? Like, I know it does stuff, but it doesn't do anything. What about um, emailing you or or (laughs) Skyping you while you're on your way to a very important business meeting and showing you your dog watching other dogs on the sideways television? That's something. Too far, Samsung. I'm mostly disappointed about it because it feels like it could have been so much more if we had figured out this technology 10 years ago when we were still young and hopeful and like everything can just connect together and it can be an open ecosystem. And now it's definitely only going to ever interact with Samsung products and not talk to anything on the Zigbee frequency. Mm. And that is an issue. And I just want a, a, I want to be able to get a Samsung robot and have it put something on my LG television. Um, okay. And some, I'm sorry, Zach, but like something else that I don't like about this is that like, it doesn't, it is worse than a robot that doesn't move around because like, if you just had cameras in your house, mm-hmm. they will do as good a job as the robot. And in fact, a better job because they can be everywhere at once. I was thinking about that too. One tennis ball is cheaper than a lot of cameras. Is it? I think so. Okay. So bad. I don't like it. Me either. I'm not in any way defending this. I just am. I want to think about what's bad about it and how it could be better. Okay. Okay, that's fair. And I think a big part of it for me is knowing that it's not going to be part of an open ecosystem. Mm. And also that I couldn't have a little Bali box hooked up to my Wi-Fi router that does all of the the image recognition locally. Mm -hmm. Everything that that robot sees is going to a server somewhere to get AI'd. Okay, so let's imagine. Okay. Let's imagine that everything, all the computation happens in the ball. Okay. And. It has a lifespan of two seconds. <laughs> and that the ball is very good at recognizing where you're going to walk and won't get in your way. Okay. And has Wi-Fi and Zigbee integration so that it's, like, open. Like, you Mm -hmm. can say, when you see the dog, uh, play play Careless Whisper because I'm weird. (laughs) If there's a dog in my home, then... (laughs) Or, like, when you detect... My dog looking at me and I'm not looking at my dog. 
Redbone. <laughs> then, like, s- say your dog wants attention or something. Okay. If, like, that amount of, like, customization and integration was possible, mm-hmm. is this now a good product? And, like, and it wasn't creepy, and and it was actually good at doing mm-hmm. the AI things. Is that a good product? I'm trying to think of things that that could do that a comparable system that sat in a box next to my router couldn't. Because a, a, really a lot of what I want in in a home automation system, which this like kind of is, um, this is like an intelligent home automation system is kind of the promise from a lot of what they're giving of like, it'll only run your vacuum when it's dirty. It'll only wake you up when it's light outside or I don't, you know, is I want like, I want it to know there are two people who sleep in the bed that I sleep in, me and my partner. And I wish I could tell my smart light to turn on 15 minutes before the later of our two alarms. And you don't necessarily know when the alarms are going to be? Not every day, no. Yeah, see, that's a really good use case, I think. And so, like, that's something that when you say, hey, we have a perfect home automation robot on wheels, I'm like, hell yeah, I probably can turn on the smart light 15 minutes before the later of our two alarms. Um, but but so can a box. Why does it need to be on wheels? Honestly, I don't think the thing on wheels can do that. No, I'd be surprised the, if it could. The, the thing that you were promising. Of, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It can, it can hook into all the things and make it work very well. Okay. What? I think it would be very nice as a doorman. That if you could activate the, like, the door to swing open and just have a little robot there to receive your package or whatever. That would be cute and very, like, COVID friendly. Uh-huh. Or perhaps COVID hostile. Right. Um, but I can't... It's got to be stuff like... Watching for your attention is the most interesting use case. Like, if you leave the oven on, and it knows that the oven is on, and it knows mm. that you're not paying attention to the oven... Okay. It can be like, hey, you left the oven on. Kind of like... But it has Did to... you ever hear any of the stories about like Bill Gates's house and that when you come in for the first time, um, you have to like tell him what kind of art you like or probably not him, but like his house system administrator or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as you walk from room to room, the like the RFID chip in your name tag will identify you and say like, hey, this is. Liz, mm-hmm. she likes exclusively P.A. Mondrian. And so all of the like frames on the wall are going to be filled with um, primary colors. Okay. That, like, I think that's a 
that's a use case for the robot, I guess. And so the some of that like presence kind of stuff would either have to be the robot or a a bunch of cameras. It's certainly cuter than a lot than a lot of cameras. Like this seems like a Roomba kind of thing where like it could be like a little pet. Mhm. I think that is kind of the promise. I'm not sold especially because we're idealizing it. Mm-hmm. And it's still just kind of mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like that's I'm trying to think of a way in which it could be even more ideal. <laughs> and it's pretty limited. I do really want a box that I can plug into my router and have it figure out which of our our alarms is later and turn on my smart lights based on that, but that's that's not this. It could be a Raspberry Pi with some effort. And I'm, yeah, like the bigger uh, issue currently is how do you figure out the alarms on both of our phones? Because yeah, otherwise, I could do it with like Zapier or something. You write. You have to write your own custom Android app for alarms. Better idea. I buy an iPhone and then wait, you can't override the alarms <laughs> on iPhone. You can set up shortcuts though. Okay. What does that have to do with it? The way I would do it. Okay. Uh, this one actually wouldn't need a raspberry Pi in the middle. You set up a silent alarm that happens before your real alarm and that will trigger a shortcut that turns on your lights and then what i guess finish your thought first am i misunderstanding just about every home automation system works great if you're a bachelor <laughs> and the the bigger problem comes in when you have multiple people trying to negotiate the one space okay yeah then you would need a raspberry pi because then you could just send uh like a a post request to your raspberry pi saying this is what my alarm is okay but then my partner would need can you set up like timed things can you say like at 1 a.m every night (sighs) yes but you have to tap on the thing because they don't want things to happen without your knowledge i'm telling you you should just write your own android app that does alarms honestly it probably wouldn't be that hard right and have it just say, send a time, 6 a.m. or whatever, uh-huh. to the Raspberry Pi on the network, on your local network. Nothing has to go through, through the actual internet. Right. And then have both you and your partner use it. My partner's got an iPhone. Your partner has an iPhone. Okay, well, they do the silent alarm shortcut. Same idea, though. Or, like, when you go to bed or whatever. 
it says, like, hey, you going to bed? Tap this thing to send a thing to the Raspberry Pi. And then the Raspberry Pi figures out which is the later one and then figures out what 15 minutes before that is and then at that time sends a thing to your smart device, your smart light. Okay. I think eventually that shortcut restriction will be lifted, but at the moment it's not. Okay. That's what they're going to do instead of WWDC? <laughs> WWDC this year, where we fixed all the documentation to the APIs and there are no <laughs> shortcut restrictions. You can do what any public API has a shortcut. iOS 14 is coming in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> we finished building the spaceship. This is just like people are like doing spring cleaning and stuff. Apple's just doing spring cleaning instead of making an iPhone this year. <laughs> like we fixed documentation. We uh, fi- got stability like it the iphone never crashes 100% uptime <laughs> like also multitask no memory leaks ever swift will tell you if it thinks there might be a memory leak anywhere swift has garbage disposal swift will look at any linked libraries that are c or objective c ooh nice and tell you if those have memory leaks nice your battery lasts 10 days that's not true. It lasts like a day and a half now. That's pretty good. Yeah. Also, we made air power, but you don't have to be touching it. You used to be in the same, like if you're within six feet of air power, <laughs> your phone is charging. We have air power and it's already installed in every street in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Apple's just like, well, uh, COVID was slowing down iPhone production, so we just cured it. (laughs) You drop your phone on the ground, that's bad news. But good news, it got a little charged when that happened. (laughs) Hold on. uh, iPhone revenue 2019. I'm just curious. 53.8 billion. In 2019. I literally cannot conceive of that number. Can we cure COVID-19 for $54 billion? Because if Apple makes a dollar on iPhone sales, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say the op- these aren't the options. Well, let's say the options are no iPhone and COVID or iPhone and no COVID. Apple tries to make covid go away with the expected revenue from the iphone right okay that is that i'm pretty sure it like makes business sense economic sense yeah sure what's oh no greed is factoring in no (laughs) (laughs) if people die they can't buy iphones we have to fix covid precisely can we cure covid for 54 billion dollars hey uh we cured senescence because the longer you live the more iphones you buy we just kind of did the actuarial tables and just made sense we brought steve jobs back to life so that the (laughs) apple fanboys will stop harassing us (laughs) 
That'd be a power move on Easter. Bring Steve Jobs back to life. (laughs) (laughs) So Bali, or maybe the hope that I had for Bali when I first saw it, was very much of its era. They're still trying to kind of figure out where ball-shaped robots fit into the world of your home. Mm. And we're we're at another um, era of discovery in the world of non-dairy milks, um, trying to figure out where they fit into our home, uh, which ones work, which ones don't, um, which ones can call you and show you a picture of your dog watching other dogs on the television. Well, I can say that I have never had an oat milk that does that but that fancy barista almond milk i would believe it if it mm-hmm. if someone told me that it could show me a picture of my dog uh but what i have here i have a new oat milk uh i have the planet uh, what order to read this so in the in the order on the on the carton planet oat oat milk extra creamy original but I would probably want to read it as Planet Oat Extra Creamy Original Oat Milk, because that's how English works. Mm-hmm. I chose the Extra Creamy one because I tend to like that more than a watery oat milk. Right. Uh, I have had it previously to this, and uh, but only in my granola, not mm-hmm. as itself. So this is going to be a... A live review. Okay. Pour it into the glass ASMR. Uh, if you can see that, if you kind of swirl it and it sticks to the side a little bit, like okay, real milk does. Uh huh. Good and creamy. Good and creamy. Smells like oats. Okay. It has a nice color, uh, a little bit darker than, like, the pure white dairy milk. Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit browner, I guess. Gonna take the first sip. It has a very oaty flavor. Like, more so than the other oat mil- milks I've tried. Okay. Which is not bad. I actually like that flavor, but you have to like that flavor to like this. Right. That makes sense. Um, I'm gonna take another sip. I'd say it's a little less thick than, like, whole milk. Mm-hmm. And significantly less thick than the barista almond milk. Okay. Uh, overall, what's our what's our scale today, Zach? Scale is going to be um, out of 12 masks. Okay. I would rate it, I'm going to say, if you like oat. Like the oat flavor. I'm going to give it 9 out of 12 masks. Okay. If you don't like the oat flavor, it's probably, you're not going to like this. <laughs> it's very, very oaty. Mm-hmm. Is that a positive or a negative when you're having it with granola, which is already very much a, a grain? I enjoy it. I thought it was very good in the granola. Okay. Plus... It is available in uh, my local Woodman's, which I cannot say for the fancy barista almond milk, nor the Trader Joe's uh, non-dairy mm. oat beverage. Also, it's called oat milk. 
So we'll see how that goes. Right. Is that oat milk with a space in between? No, it's oat milk one word. Oat milk. All right. Still a bold stance. Um, not like the FDA could really do anything about it, though, because they uh, just kind of stopped doing a lot of their checks. So, like, what are they going to do about it? You know? I was just thinking about it, so I decided to go and check out um, the New Barn website to see if I could get some almond milk shipped directly to my door. And it looks like the answer is yes. But as I as I go here to just take a quick glance around, see what's up, um, they don't anywhere have any information on how the new barn specifically is dealing with the COVID crisis. So I don't know if I can trust them as a company to like still be maintaining normal operations. Um, How could you, if they're not sending you emails every 24 hours, right? There's no message from their CEO and I don't know how to handle that. Maybe they don't even have a CEO. What do I do in that case? Um, Jared, if you want us to start making our own almond milk, you can go support us on Patreon and we will purchase uh, almond cows um, to make our own almond milk with. And you get uh, a cool after show. Right. Yeah, that too. And now a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. We never outgrow our need for chocolate bunnies. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Zach, if someone wants to ask you how to make a mask. Or if they want to tell me how lightning works, because I still don't really get it. They can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at... (laughs) 